0: Welcome to Business Line's State of the Economy podcast, where you will find insight, analysis and the story behind the numbers.
1: This is Subramani MR Commodities Editor Business Line. With El Nino, which causes drought in India predicted in February this year, the focus of Indian agriculture, the key to rural economy, has turned towards the southwest monsoon. Along with it, Karif sowing has also come under scrutiny. What's happening on the agriculture front? How will things pan out? To tell us about all this, we have with us Mr. Sanjay Gupta, MD and CEO, NCML. How do you see the monsoon playing out this year? What are your impressions on its progress so far?
0: Yeah, see first of all this monsoon has been a very, it's like a pot boiler. They have so many ups and downs. See, we started with the year way back in January with the thought that El Nino is going to come in and El Nino in the past, we have already always seen, has resulted in a situation where the monsoon has been less. But now as we, as we are in the month of July, where most of the India, or 2nd of July, the entire India was covered. So if you look at the situation today, even though quantitatively India on the whole, we are looking at a small surplus when we look at normal monsoon, but distribution-wise, this couldn't have been worse. So we are, as of today, if you look at it, East and Northeast India, we are down by 19%. Northwestern of, Northwest of India, we are up by 59%. And this is the reason which has pulled up the entire India country's average rainfall. Central India, we are above by a small figure of 4%. But Southern Peninsula, we are down by 23%. So out of, if you say, geographical distribution of the country, if you look at four geographical dis- uh, zones, in two, in one we have a huge surplus, in one we have a small surplus, but in two the remaining ones, we have very large deficits. So this is going to be a problem going forward. So on the top of it, everything looks normal if you look at it as a country, but region-wise, if you were to do an analysis, this is going to be a very, very complicated year. So let me start with the large... Commodities. Say, so let's say, let's talk about paddy. So paddy, you know, India has about 44 million hectares and the paddy one of the largest producers in the world and very economically significant. There are two types of paddy Basmati and the non Basmati. Basmati is a, a very, very significant crop for us in terms of exports. And uh, because of the geographical tag identification, we are the only country in the world which can sell its long scented uh, rice as Basmati. So, in North India, the situation is looking good, but now, off late, what is happening is because of the excess rain in Haryana Punjab, where this uh, paddy is grown, we are having a situation then this excess rain can damage the standing crop. The crop is already standing there, transplantations happened by that between 15th of June to 10, some first week of July. Now, we are in a situation where the flooding is happening, and this can have an impact on the yield of basmati. So, as a result, in the last week itself, the Basmati prices have started going up, the main variety being 1121, 1121, the prices have started going up. This is all old stock Basmati, which is lying in the warehouse. The prices have started moving up. So on one hand in Basmati, we are having a problem because of higher monsoon, more than required uh, monsoon activity. Now you go back to the other rice, which is a non Basmati, the coarse variety or which is, which moves through PDS, which is also exported in a large number. There we have a situation of a deficit. So the key states here are Uttar Pradesh, Bihar, Jharkhand, Chhattisgarh, Bengal. So these are the areas where these, uh, this rice is grown, or paddy is grown. And in all these locations, we have a situation of a deficit. So now there the prices are going up because of people are fearing that the transport plantation or the sowing of paddy may take a hit because of lack of rains. So there, now the farmers are also in a quandary because the nursery plantations have happened. Most of the farmers in anticipation that the rains will come have prepared nurseries. So they have spent money on seeds. They have spent money on imports. They're keeping the nurseries ready. So my past experience tells me, even though the uh, rice seedlings should not be kept beyond a period of 25 to 30 days in the nursery and they should be transplanted uh, not later than that. But in the past, if the rains have been delayed, farmers have transplanted even after 45 days. And rice being a sturdy crop, it is able to withstand shock. Though so there are some losses, but the crop will survive and the farmer will get something. First of August, first week of August, if we get rains, there will be transplantation and these uh, the area under paddy will go up. As of now, we have a area of about seven percent lesser than last year. So this area can be made up if there are late rains. But as of now, I see there are no indications of rains happening in the states of Bihar, Eastern UP, Chhattisgarh, Jharkhand. So then there will be a problem. So now the situation comes in, if the, there are no rains, then what happens? If there are no rains by the time 7th or 10th August is there, then it will be too late to transplant paddy because at the time of flowering or harvesting, low temperatures set in and then you have another set of problem which crop in. So then the farmer will probably keep the field fellow and go for rubby plantations of mustard or they may also go for short duration varieties of maize or corn. So paddy is very dicey this year. Paddy, I'm really worried on basmati front. We have a situation of excess. On the non-basmati or the coarse type grains, we have a situation of a a deficit. Even in southern peninsula, south, south southern state like Telangana, there may be a problem where the paddy area will suffer. In Telangana, the options farmer have, if they are not able to go for paddy, is maize or cotton. In UP, they do not have really any good option in this season except for maize. But maize also requires moisture. If they are not able to do that, then they will wait for uh, rubby and mustard area may go up this year in these areas, which are left fallow because of lack of rain. Another problem, another uh, significant uh, crop in this time is maize. Kharif maize is all over the country. So as a result, uh, similar tra- trajectory as uh, paddy. But uh, maize is not so sensitive com- as paddy is. So maize, I do not see much problem because maize area will continue. There will be some short drop which may happen in Karnataka. But overall, Karnataka has received good rain. So I believe that uh, maize will not suffer that much as compared to paddy. And the third significant crop is cotton. If the rains do not happen, we may have a situation. Cotton is a very sturdy crop. It will survive. And if the rains happen late, it can it has a uh, potential to revive itself. But still, we will see some yield losses uh, in cotton. If the rain uh, do not happen, there is a moisture stress which builds up. So you see pest attacks happening and the farmer is not very confident of the crop. They do not spend money on uh, spraying. So as a result, the overall crop may yield may suffer. But the area increase may offset that or it will also depend a lot on the rains which will happen in the month of August. If it is in the southern peninsula, August rains do not happen, then we have to write off a large part of cotton crop also. And that will be a debacle because then this effect will flow over into rubby crops. In most of the area, it does, it grow it carries on, on the basis of residual moisture in the soil. If the uh, rubby, so curry brains are deficient, then the moisture in the soil will not be an, uh, enough unless we have late rains to sustain a rubby crop. So then it will have an impact on the wheat. So we saw a, a price spike happening in wheat. As a result, the government had to step in and release some material from FCI stock. And there are even talks of allowing imports to happen. There is an import duty of 40% on weeds as of now. So may government may start relaxing that uh, import duty so the imports can happen because the wheat situation is also not looking good. So the, we are at a very critical juncture in the journey of monsoon so far. I'm just keeping our, our fingers crossed that if at all the rains pick up now in the next uh, uh, month or so, there is some chance that a revival in paddy acreages and cotton acreages may happen. But if, they, if they're not, then we will we'll see this uh, deficit going further. There will be no chance of having an alternate crop coming up to replace this lost area. Uh, other thing what what happens is in this when the situation is like this the rains are not there the farmer is deficient so if he is not able to plant the whole land acreages or whatever he is holding they go for smaller crops so at this time normally he will have some water so if a farmer has 5 acres of land his own water sources are able to sustain only 1 acre or something like that then he will go for horticultural crops so that is one option they can go for tomato they can go for okra they can go for any other vegetable depending on the season as of now. So that area, that increases may go up and what we are seeing in tomato, the price spike, maybe some area under tomato may go up because of these two factors, that availability of water, high prices of tomato will take up, will prompt farmers to increase their allocation of area towards vegetable. So that may happen, that will support the farmers to some extent, but then rains are very essential. If the rains do not happen in the next one, we will see Acreage area under uh, acreages under various crops like kharif crops coming down significantly as compared to last
1: year. Which are the crops that could gain and which could lose out if monsoon is not normal?
0: So, as I said, we can can see a significant drop in paddy. Paddy may may, may see a decline because most of the eastern and northeastern areas, Indo Gangetic plains, paddy is grown. If the monsoon is not there, then the paddy acreages will suffer. This can be replaced by, to some extent, by maize. And in Rabi, you will have mustard. They can go for an early mustard uh, uh, sowing. So paddy will suffer. Cotton will suffer. Maize, to some extent, will suffer. Another big uh, crop to suffer would be soya bean. In uh, Central India, in Maharashtra, MP, even though the rains have been a plenty, that is also a problem in soya bean. If the rains are more, then soya bean plantations take a hit. So my guess, this will be a bad year for paddy. It will be a bad year for cotton, Either, I'm, I'm assuming that the rains may not pick up and this is the an assumption and, and soya bean will suffer a lot. Other crops will be ma- maize will maintain itself, Bajra, the Rajasthan has received very good rains so Bajra and uh, Jawar and all these cro- cro- crops will do very well there, but the major losers will be paddy, cotton and soya bean, these three crops will be the signif- significant losers
1: do you see any impact of el nino on monsoon and agricultural production in particular
0: see this is whatever we are seeing is all uh, doing of el nino only pepper uh, joy a cyclone coming in which brought so so much rain to central and northwestern india we are having a situation of floods in those areas and this, this is El Nino and the Central India suffering. So this is predicted. This is a predictable El Nino pattern. If you look at the past 30-40 events of El Nino, that whenever such thing happens, Central India, Eastern India suffers. IMD is focused. They, they are not seeing any chances of rains happening over this Eastern and Northern, in Northeastern India in the coming days. Over, even though the country as a whole will show a surplus of monsoon, but this will be this is going to be a bad monsoon here because entire surplus is coming from northwestern India the statistically may be all, but it will be a bad situation for central India east and North, northeast part of the country, including and South India.
1: What sort of impact will these events have on your warehouses?
0: It's very simple. see whatever comes to warehouses the surplus between production and the demand so if the overall Yield comes down, obviously, there will be less surplus available in the market which needs to be stored or protected. So, this will be a scenario. So, we expect that the volumes coming to storage will be much lesser compared to last year. If the production is high, prices come down during the season, then people take a position, and farmers also anticipate the prices will go up in the off season. So, they tend to store. But as of now, given the current state of affairs, we believe that this year the storable surplus may be less compared to the last year the volume storage may come down but at the same time then the another thing happens is when the price is, when the prices are good and this year the government steps in to buy uh, to elevate the rural stress government steps in to procure many other commodities so that may give us some opportunity because we are also a service provider to the government of india so that will open, uh, that will open up another op- opportunity for us but as a as in general if the production is less the warehousing sector tends to uh, suffer
1: what are your impressions on the government's recent move to come up with warehouses uh, to be constructed by uh, in, uh, by cooperatives uh, will ncml have any role to play in this
0: See, the government has always been worried about a phenomena that when the season
1: comes in harvest
0: happens and the farmers come to the market they do not get good value they are forced to sell their produce and afterwards the price rises, and most of the middlemen and the people who have taken a stock this position tends to make more money. So the government is trying to, in fact, the warehousing came up uh, as a uh, mitigating a measure to this phenomena. The land holding of a farmer in India is low. We all know that. And so is agriculture production. So if these warehouses are created as so many locations, so each farmer's output, individual farmer's output, is not sufficient to make any of these warehouses viable it will have to be done it will have to be a collective effort and if it is a collective effort then there is an effort involved in managing these warehouses so and if they are below a certain size then management of these warehouses become unviable so even though the intention of the government is very noble they want the farmers to be elevated from the stress that they are to for, they are forced to sell their produce at a lower price when the glut is there but then if they keep it in these warehouses, management of the stock will become a huge problem. See, we, NCML, we manage more than 2 million tons of stock and uh, we have about 800, 900 warehouses under our management. So we know what it takes, what, the, what is the cost and what are the management efforts required to keep and ensure that the stocks do not lose any value. So creating so many warehouses without giving a thought that how these warehouses will be managed and who will manage them will lead to a problem. Because the stocks in these kept in these warehouses needs to be managed very very closely, very very scientifically. That remains a challenge. I'm sure government has thought through it. They have a process in place, or they are at least thinking over it. But as of now, that looks a concern to me. With so many warehouses, how will you manage them? For 20 million ton, just imagine our situation. For 20 million ton, we are able to manage with about 800 warehouses. And India's total production is about 315 million metric ton assuming that even entire thing entire thing comes up for storage three hundred and fifteen, if you assume a very rough calculation you will require only say maybe 12000 13000 warehouses totally in the country to stock the entire warehouse of average size what we are having in our portfolio as of now but then creating uh, so many warehouses will lead to a situation of glut so that remains to be seen how government addresses that concern
1: what is your current capacity how is the rice wheat silo complex performing? What are your new plans to add capacity?
0: Yeah. See, as, as of now, whereas the conventional storage is concerned, uh, where we stock in warehouses, our capacity right now is about 2.2 million tons. Then uh, in the silos, if you talk about, there are two types of silos we have. Whatever it, There is one set of silos which is dedicated to FCI. So whatever material is stocked in SEM belongs to FCI. And there are then we have our two uh, some silo complexes of our own where we offer it to retail clients. So for FCI, our capacity as of now is 3.5 lakh tons or 0. 0.35 million tons as of now. These are seven locations. Each location is 50,000 tons. For uh, rice, we are doing a pilot with the government of India and FCI by building two silo locations in the state of Bihar, in Kamur and Baksar, where 50,000 ton campuses of silos. 12,500 ton each has been dedicated to rice. So this is like a exploratory phase, whether rice can be stored in silos over a longer period, a prolonged period. So these silos will be up and ready in maybe next one month. So the rice will come in in the market October, November. We will be stocking them, keeping it very close. But We have employed some very good, very high-tech solutions to ensure that there is no pest infestation. So, we have installed these silos, have temperature control uh, capabilities. So, we because in you, you know, in uh, that part of the country, the summer temperatures can go up to 45, 46 degrees temperature, whereas our endeavor would be, all this stock is always maintained at a level of 26 to 27 degrees centigrade. We have very high-tech chillers installed in these silos, which will ensure that the, grape, uh, the, the grain temperature doesn't go up. So it will be a pilot stage. Let us see how the pilot goes. Then once the FCI is satisfied or the government is satisfied, maybe we'll build a lot of these warehouses or silos in the coming years.
1: Are you envisaging any new role for NCML?
0: What we have done is NCML has uh, created these uh, silo locations and all these silo locations also have the capability of handling rigs. These are all silo locations have railway connectivity so we are also looking at an option of providing logistics support to food operators by providing by using rail instead of road as a transport media so we have we are had talks around two locations of also being con- converted into as a logistics for food grains so Punjab and haryana so we are to- we are in talks of hopefully if this pilot works out then these silo locations can also serve as a nodal points for transportation over long distances using railways instead of roads in a very efficient way so that is what our aim is so we are we are aiming towards it we are working towards it and we are hopeful that by the end of next year we will have some credible numbers to support this
1: thank you very much for your enlightening views, sir they are indeed very informative thank you for listening into business clients state of economy